Hi, it's Father Roderick, and welcome to a new episode of The Walk, recorded on uh, Saturday after Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent. And I've been walking for, let's take a look at my GPS watch, um, almost two hours now. And I still have two more hours to go. And then, according to the weather forecast, we're going to have some pretty bad rain. So... I'd better be home by then. Um, I'm uh, currently in an open spot in the middle of the woods. Pine trees all around me. Behind me is a bit of a swamp. Looks like uh, the marshes in uh, The Lord of the Rings. The dead marshes, only without dead people, I hope. <laughs> and, uh, and it's a nice day. It's, it, it looked colder when I woke up. This morning and I looked out of the window it looked, looked very threatening and kind of overcast and as if it could rain any time but there's even a bit of sunshine now uh, kind of showing through the the watery clouds and it uh, it helps <laughs> it heats up the temperature a bit and uh, gives us all hope that soon it'll be springtime and this nature that surrounds me right now will be even more luscious and gorgeous. I can't wait. I'm really, really looking forward to the next, what is it, six weeks of Lent? Um, for those of you that uh, need a, a bit of a, uh, a refresher, <laughs> Lent is a time of, well, a kind of around 40 days it's not exactly 40 days it's a bit more than that it's uh, 46 days um, but uh, it's a time of preparation for the celebration of Easter which is the most important feast in the Catholic Church in the Christian Church it's the feast of the resurrection the death and the resurrection of of Christ and so the final victory over death and sin and uh, as we do on many occasions in our lives, if we prepare for something important, we take our time to prepare. If you want to run a marathon, you need to start well in advance to, uh, to, to change your, your habits, change your lifestyle, go out there and run. Um, if you want to walk like me to Santiago in Spain, um, that's, what is it, 900 kilometers from Lourdes, <laughs> I'd better start early to train like I'm doing now and the same is true for these feast days uh, we take training time 40 days um, to prepare ourselves mentally spiritually it's a time of um, not just uh, getting ready for something but it's the process itself it's the 40 days themselves that are transformative it's actually just as important just like when you're on a walk it's not just the destination it's the whole it's the whole walk that uh, that, that should be uh, fun, interesting, uh, healthy, etc. And so, I'm, I, but, I, but this year I'm looking forward more than ever to this time of Lent uh, because I have so much to prepare for. Uh, right after Easter, that's going to be the start of, uh, of the Camino. And the, the, the closer I get, the more I start to realize that this is going to be <laughs> one of the biggest undertakings of my life. This is going to be so intense uh, for such a long time and so different from anything else I've done before. Um, and it's, it's, it's great. I'm getting a bit anxious, of course. Like, but it's not really anxious, but it's like a thrill. 
like this anticipation of, oh, <laughs> what do I, what else do I need to prepare? It's, uh, it's not just walking, of course, it's also preparing the, uh, the itinerary and getting the, the, a new backpack, uh, knowing more or less how much I have to walk per day and how the itinerary will be, etc. Uh, there's, there's one physical aspect of the training that I, uh, I, I urgently need to attend to, and that is uh, training in the, for, the, for the mountains, for the first uh, leg of my journey, which is going to go uh, through the Pyrenees in France. And uh, I've heard from several people now that have walked... Oh, wow, that was an awesome little bird. Don't fly away now before I take a picture. Don't fly away now. Oh my gosh. <gasps> there it is. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. It's taking a bath. And it's not... Oh, this is crazy. <gasps> and there it goes. Oh my lord, that was amazing. And still sitting there. Right between the... I think it's going... It's it's going to come back for another bath. Yeah, there, there you go. There it is. Oh, this is so sweet. I'm going to... Oh, I was getting too close. Now I scared him. He's going he's gonna to come back. He's just sitting there. I have never seen a wild bird. Oh, there's another one. There are two of them. A, this is a tiny little bird, and it has a bright yellow patch on, on its head. Uh, and, of course, I, I don't know anything about birds. Oh, that must be the female. Because there's no... Or one of them must be female, the other one must be male. Uh, because they're both the same size. One has a bright yellow uh, patch on the on the head, and the other one doesn't. And they're tiny. They're really, really tiny. But beautiful. And they were taking a bath here in the uh, patch of... Uh, of water right in front of me. I did manage to, you know, I'm gonna leave them. <laughs> oh, they're so cute. They're gorgeous, they're so small. Even their, their wings, they, they, when they flutter, they do this. That's how small they are. Um, I, I managed to take a picture. Let's see if it, if it came out well. Oh, it's a bit, a bit, <laughs> it's very blurry. Oh, it's too blurry. And there's one that is a kind of okay. It's not the best one. Because they were kind of swimming in the water. I may want to go back and... Oh yeah, they're sitting there again. Let's do this one more time. Is there any way I can... Let's see if I can do like slow motion or something. Oh, wait a minute. I think I can take like a whole bunch of them. Yeah, it's taking its bath. So sweet. Oh, there it goes. So I took like 15 photos really fast. Uh, how is that? But then I didn't zoom in. I'm not sure if this is the way to do it. I'll just wait for them to come back. <laughs> now I really regret not having taken my DSLR with me because um, let's just wait let's step back a little bit see if it's coming if it's fly flying back 
This must be their local swimming pool. <laughs> um, yeah, because the DSLR um, has a zoom lens, uh, a pretty good zoom. And of course, it's, it's much higher resolution than my phone. Oh, you know what? This motivates me so much to come back tomorrow and to see if I, and then take the, uh, the other camera with me. Uh, they're just sitting in the branches. They're not doing anything. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to continue on. It's okay. That was fun. Um, that, that's another thing that I'm looking forward to. It's, it's uh, nature and being in these all these gorgeous landscapes in Spain, ancient cities, but more even more important than that, just being outside for for long stretches of the day, uh, it does it does something to your mind. It really helps. Like this past week, I've been at the computer for a number of days, and I've been out outside outside or out of town um, on Thursday. But it was just a lot of work, so, so I had another TV show to uh, to edit, and I uh, I procrastinated terribly. I was like, the, the better I get at editing, the more I'm tempted to procrastinate, thinking like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I know how it works, and and then still, it's uh, it's it's a lot of work to do in one day. Um, but I have to say, I it, it is a very very different experience now than it was. Uh, a couple of months ago and I'm actually really enjoying the editing uh, enjoying what this was another episode about Rome so it's always fun to go back and see those um, see those images or the those uh, the footage you shot in the city of Rome it was a, a nice week unfortunately <laughs> Inga had a, a severe cold I had a a, a a lot of pain in my throat and uh, the cold would uh, would also uh, get me towards the end of the week, but now that we're like a what is it five weeks six weeks later, I still look back at these images. You forget about the about the hardship, and you see the the just how, what an amazing week it was, and how much we got done, and uh, and so many different interviews and and tours. So that was fun, but nevertheless, it's a whole day. Uh, until I think I uploaded the final episode, the final edit, around 1.30 a.m. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a long, long day. Fun, but long. And then the next morning I had to get to the north of the country uh, to freeze. They call that freeze land, which is a, um, a separate... Well, yeah, in a certain way, it's a separate region. Um, where they speak the second official language of the Netherlands. I bet you a lot of you don't know that, but the Netherlands doesn't have just one language, Dutch. It has two languages. And the second language is Frisian, which is, you know, has elements of Dutch, but also a lot of um, uh, more kind of English sounds. And it's, it's a very different language also. Um, and, and, and a specific culture. And uh, this was uh, for an episode later, uh, like I think in a couple of weeks from now, 
It will be aired in the during Holy Week. And I interviewed Jesus. <laughs> we have this big musical event every year on TV where uh, they, uh, they play the Passion of, of, of Christ. Uh, so the story of the Passion from the Gospels. But then they uh, use um, modern music, pop, pop music, Dutch pop music, um, with lyrics that kind of apply to the situation. And every year they ask uh, uh, well-known Dutch singers um, and artists to, uh, to play a role, to play Jesus or Peter or Judas or Mary. And so in, uh, when they started, uh, this, this had only been done once before in England. Um, and I think it was Robbie Williams who played Jesus. Um, interesting choice. But it was kind of small scale. And I remember that they uh, presented the concept to us when I first started my work at the uh, broadcast organization. And uh, they said, well, we can do this too. We want to do this too. And uh, see if we can take this concept and uh, do it in, in a Dutch way. And the Dutch are good at television. So it turned into this phenomenon where like, millions of people would watch it for a tiny country like the Netherlands. That was quite uh, unexpected because, of course, in its core, it was a very religious uh, type of show. And so the first time they, uh, they did this, I was asked to play um, a non-speaking role as an apostle. And the artist that they asked to play Jesus the, the, the first time was the artist that I interviewed uh, last Thursday. Very nice guy. Uh, good, very good singer. And, uh, and also, uh, also religious and, and uh, definitely... I think played the role not just because it was good for his career but because he felt very honored to be able to play that person uh, that meant so much to him and I, I do remember he even kind of reminded a lot of people of Jesus kind of you know you could tell this is a guy who has a lot of depth and uh, well anyway it's, it's just uh, it was a great honor to, to be able to interview him so many years later um, about his experiences but also about uh, kind of the meaning of the of the, of the story today in a world today and but that was anyway that was a, a whole day of work uh, where we went to several locations and it was cold <laughs> cold and rainy um, but everything went well came back home late in the evening and uh, and then uh, and that was it. But it's when you're focused like that for many days in a row, uh, kind of the temptation is to stay inside, uh, especially when work is done and you have a bit of a a break between the work of this past week and the what's coming up next week, and just you know sit at the computer and <laughs> just do nothing basically. Um, but this morning. I, I told myself, I, I need to get out because I know, even though it's sometimes I have to push myself a little bit once I'm out, once I'm in the woods like now, it gives me energy. It makes me motivated. Uh, it gives me motivation. It gives me energy. It gives me, I don't know, perhaps even the sun 
that I see right now. It's, it's, it's having a psychological effect on me, <laughs> and I love it. Speaking of, by the way, of, um, of getting out, it was one of the unexpected points that I had in common with, uh, with this artist. Uh, his name is Sieb, S-Y-B. Um, uh, I don't know how he came on this topic, but he told me that he loved to go... I think we were talking about silence, the importance of silence in your life. And then he shared with me that he loved to... He's, he's a father, he's got kids and a very busy job as an artist. You know, has to go out and sing and perform. And he's also an organizer, uh, does management stuff, etc., uh, but he says, I, I just have to get outside in nature. And he lives up there in the north. It, there's very low population density. So there's a lot of open space and beautiful uh, landscapes. And he says, I, I just like to go out and run or go on my bike or swim. And it changed me. I was like, wow, <laughs> that sounds heavy duty. And it turns out he, um, he loves to do triathlons. <laughs> I was baffled. <laughs> wow, that triathlon. So, and he had already run several marathons. Um, and he's a, super motivated. So he's like, well, last year I ran a record marathon in three and a half hours. And uh, at which point I was like, okay, well, now I need to fess up that uh, last year <laughs> I had my slowest time ever. So I said, you know... Yeah, last year I ran the marathon of Rotterdam and uh, was the worst thing ever. <laughs> it took me five hours. But then again, I said, apologizing, I'm an old man. And he's like, what, you're, you're, you're not old? Come on, <laughs> what's your age? It's like, oh, next year I'll turn 50. And then he said, <laughs> I was baffled. He said, well, you know what? I'm 52 or 51 or 52. So, <laughs> and he doesn't look 52 at all. <laughs> And he, uh, he said, this, if you want to run a better marathon, you got to do more interval training and, and, you know, kind of push yourself a little bit more, not just do distances, but try to, and, and do more than just running. That was his big advice. It's like, the, the reason that he does triathlons is that it strengthens your overall fitness and that will benefit your, you know, your running strength and everything. And, uh, <laughs> but the, the thing that I took away from that interview was like, wow, if he can do that and he's older than I am, what am I complaining about? <laughs> Why do I think that I'm getting old? <laughs> it's, uh, it's up to me to, to, to change that. And, and that's also one of the reasons that I like to be outside and walk because I feel that it, it's good for me in the past few months. I've been gaining weight. I've been losing uh, energy. Uh, got more pain in my back because I was sitting all the time behind my desk and uh, way too, you know, I'm too concentrated. So you kind of, uh, even though you're not really stressed, but you do kind of sit in the same position for way too long and hold it. And I kind of let it go. It's like, yeah, but there's so much work. And once this is over, I'll get fit again. I'll get healthy again. <laughs> And, uh, uh, well, I think now is that time. Now is that time to get, uh, to get rid of the, the uh, extra weight, um, get fit again, 
but also kind of mentally go go outside do different things it's just with your with balance in life it's very much about the variety of things that you do and hard working is not really a problem in itself it is, it becomes a problem if there is nothing else in your life anymore so this time of lent that's a good time to make those changes and to uh, you know just to be, to be at the beginning of this time of change and of course it's it's not a, not about health <laughs> um but it is about a, many things lent is a time of uh making small changes every day and that will result in big changes uh, over the course of the entire period of Lent. Which, by the way, um, the, uh, the, the, well, this might be a good, a good moment to kind of briefly uh, share some of the things that I've learned about the kind of the origins of Lent and the practices. Uh, so Lent, 40 days, is referring to the 40 days that Jesus was in the desert. So that's why it's 40 days. But that in itself, the fact that that was uh, 40 days, is of course referring to the other, you know, 40 is a typical biblical number that you uh, encounter a number of times in the Bible and biblical stories. Um, Let's see, what time is it now? Because I'm on a crossroads. There's a lot of wind in my direction where I was going. I can go to the left here. Uh, but then I'll hit the road, so that's not going to be nice. I could also, you know what, I could go over this open patch here and then turn, turn to the right and then get into the woods again. That's probably what I'm going to do. Um, the, uh, uh, the 40 years in the desert, it was like the, the time that uh, people of Israel uh, spent to get to the promised land. It's a, the symbol of a, of a lifetime, uh, a lifetime of change. Which, by the way, psychologically, uh, from a point of view of, of, it, of creating habits and how that impacts us, 40 days is kind of the perfect time for, for creating lasting change. You know, if you, you try something for two weeks and then you stop, um, that's not going to last. But uh, if you do something for more than a month, for 40 days... And it's the, you, you enhance the chances that, that that behavior will stick or that those habits will stick. So might be a little bit of uh, God's uh, uh, teaching skills at work in the Bible. Um, so, and then you've got all these uh, kind of pillars of, of Lent, uh, three of which are, are mentioned by Jesus himself, which is prayer. Uh, take time. I mean, that's what Jesus went to do when he went into the desert is to be with his father. So more time for prayer. Uh, almsgiving, very important. Share with the poor. Uh, and the last one is fasting, which also is a very ancient uh, thing that people do, and not just in the Christian culture and the Jewish culture, but also in other uh, religions like... Um, uh, uh, Islam, uh, you see it in India, in those various uh, religious. It's always part of uh, uh, apparently something that that's that's it's how we function. We sometimes need to deprive ourselves from something to discover what's truly important. And so, uh, fasting also outward signs. Uh, you know, we've got the uh, the 
the ashes that uh, Catholics receive on Ash Wednesday. Uh, it's an outward sign, not just to boast like, oh, look at me being holy and all. Uh, ashes were an outward sign of something that you want, of, of a process that you want, wanted to start inwardly or it, by yourself. And this is, uh, this is something you see in, in several Bible stories. The most well-known is uh, Nineveh, when uh, Jonah is uh, preaching there, uh, telling them to convert. And the entire city converts. And they, um, they do, do two things. They change clothes. They uh, put on sackcloth, which was very uncomfortable because it was made out of, uh, I think, the hair of black goats. So very rugged, very prickly, uh, <laughs> itchy, uh, not at all comfortable. And um, when, for instance, when people were mourning the death of a, of a, of a loved one, they would uh, put on sackcloth. Um, and so it was, it was a way to feel, literally, on your skin that, that it is time to uh, focus on, uh, on the things that are more important than just uh, nice clothes and, com- and comfort. And then they would um, sprinkle ash on their heads, uh, a sign of, uh, uh, of decay. Ashes, ashes is, uh, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. <laughs> Ultimately, everything that we have in this world is uh, perishes. I see that around me when I'm walking out in the nature here. You see the dead leaves of last year. Uh, you see fallen trees that are slowly rotting away and being eaten up by uh, all the you know tiny little insects and everything. And at the same time, it's uh, it's also the nature is growth. It's life. And the, the two of them are part of uh, life. And we, we tend to forget that uh, <laughs> decay and, and death is, is part of our existence and is, is, <laughs> is part of the balance of our, our, our con- human condition. But if you only focus on uh, what you like uh, and what you can have and what you can take, and sometimes it's, it becomes very difficult to let go and to surrender and to accept things like getting older and getting sick, etc. And so uh, these ashes were a sign of, uh, of people showing that they knew that basically what they were valuing so much and what perhaps sometimes led them astray um, was something that they now realize is perishable and not worth it. So uh, ashes on the forehead is another sign of, well, you know what, we, re, we this time we also reflect upon how relative things are. Um, even life itself is something that you receive. It's a gift. It's not something that you can um, create yourself or, uh, and you can only steer it to a certain degree, but things can happen that even to the, the biggest athletes, uh, the healthiest people, that you, you can't you can't program you can't control and the art of life is knowing when to let go and when to accept that as well and knowing very well because this is not just a negative thing uh it's also realizing what what will last what what is the most important thing which is love it's that your friends your family god that's that's what we're going to have for eternity. That's what's going to be the joy of our eternal life. 
and all the rest is ultimately just helping us to put those important things front and center but we often forget and you know i'm i'm the first one to admit that that uh, uh, you, you can easily get focused on gathering stuff and uh, and forgetting to invest in in things that w- w- that truly make you happy. So you, you create substitute happiness happiness. And uh, part of what I'm looking forward to in this time of Lent, and then the sequel to that is going to be the Camino, is is being able to walk away from all that and realizing that I don't need it. And I can live without it. And sometimes you are you have these moments where you realize that it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to let go. You're more attached to things than you would admit. Uh, and and with food, uh, definitely, definitely the case. Um, I'm trying something else, something different now for uh, for Lent. I always kind of come try to come up with something that will challenge me a bit. And uh, so, gosh, I I remember. A couple of years ago, I uh, I switched to a vegetarian uh, lifestyle, and then I went even beyond that, and I uh, went, I did uh, vegan. It wasn't, in hindsight, the healthiest op- choice for me uh, because I have trouble with uh, uh, holding on to vitamin B12 or even getting enough vitamin B12. But anyway, it was uh, didn't hurt. At least not in the, in the short term. Uh, there was also a year that I uh, tried to give away something every single day, uh, which was also fun. It's almost a bit like the minimalism game that some people now try uh, do to get uh, into you know minimalist lifestyles. Trying to get rid of something every single day. In this case, it was giving away, so I was giving it to someone else. Um, but for for this year, I was pondering what could I do I'm not the not, not very uh, much in, in a, a guy for for uh, social media fasting I know a, a lot of people do that they will uh, not go on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter uh, but that's that's kind of my missionary field uh, I do try to tone it down a little bit there there is sometimes this uh, habit of, of just just checking Facebook every every hour and, and just uh so I'm <laughs> I will tone that down a little bit but um I was still looking for something that I hadn't tried before and I uh I remembered reading uh a bit of Jimmy Aiken's uh journey uh, Jimmy Aiken a good friend of uh of, of our network um a great apologist a radio host um, Doctor Who expert <laughs> and uh, Jimmy um, has gone through a, a, an incredible journey of uh, uh, you know, building up his health and, and weight loss and everything and um, he, uh, he shared a while ago that um, he had plateaued uh, in, in his journey to get healthier and he switched to something that he called intermittent fasting um, which uh, basically means that you only eat one meal per day, um, and the rest of the day you, you eat nothing. So it's not just reducing, but it's like just 
just drink fluids. That's it. Water, black coffee, tea, uh, and then and then have one meal. And then of course, it's kind of uh, the the most the most logical choice is to, to uh, take a, the dinner as a as the one meal per day. Um, and what happened, according to what he described, he did some research on it. He said, because my first initial reaction was that can be healthy because then your body gets into this starvation mode, um, which is something that often people who try to, try to overdo it, you know, they start reducing their intake so drastically by eating smaller meals and uh, that uh, the body holds on to all the extra weight. Um, because it's it's thinking oh gosh we uh, we're we're, <laughs> we're going to starve otherwise <clears throat> and apparently that's with intermittent fasting when you eat nothing it's it, there's a different mechanism that gets uh, kicked into action which is that your body will start to burn the reserves thinking there is nothing it's not just like oh there's too little food so I'm going to hold on I'm going to just you know, build up reserves. No, it's, there's nothing. So I need to start using the reserves. Um, and if you're too heavy, then you have quite a few of those reserves. <laughs> and so apparently it's a different, uh, a different process. And it's, um, I read another report on the BBC about a, a guy who, uh, who under, you know, a lot of supervision did a similar test where for, uh, for a month or five five or six weeks would only eat one meal per day have a very healthy meal but then no other snacks nothing uh, and, and not just completely not eating for a day and I thought so that was in the back of my mind said, that's interesting get try to do that and um, both Jimmy and also that British guy said that it also sharpened their mind it it it, uh, it didn't make them sluggish and tired but it had the opposite effect so that's interesting and then for my tv show i interviewed this uh, dutch priest in, in rome about lent for the episode that i just uh, edited and he said t- he told me we were talking about the similarities and differences between um, ramadan in islam and uh, and Lent and fasting in the Christian tradition, and he he uh, said that he had just read an article in which uh, it was uh, uh, put forward that very likely in the first centuries, um, fasting during these forty days before Easter, and there were also forty days before uh, Christmas, by the way, similar time period. We've shortened that considerably in our uh, modern calendar. Uh, the original form of fasting was often exactly that. People would not eat until the sun went down. And then they would eat one meal. Uh, so this, this practice that you see in, uh, during the Ramadan is, you know, it's, it's, it's quite likely that it is, has Christian origins, like many things in Islam. And that they just took that practice and uh, integrated that in their own uh, religious practices. So, uh, I was like, that's interesting. You know, if something is that old, it could be worth exploring. And so that's what I set out to do uh, this, this year. 
uh, trying intermittent fasting. Um, but I do that in moderation because of several reasons. Uh, first of all, if you, if you push yourself too much, you set yourself up for failure. You know, it's better to slow and steady wins the race. Um, but also because I don't want to jeopardize my health, especially because I sometimes have these intense days of working where, uh, for instance, when I go out for an entire day, this last Thursday, long journey, and then having a full day of working in front of the camera and doing interviews, uh, you need to eat something. <laughs> but on other days, uh, you know, Ash Wednesday, today, yesterday, um, I tried out the intermittent fasting, and it was surprisingly liberating and easy. Uh, the only thing that was a bit a bit tricky was uh, the reflexes that you have in the morning. I'm so used to get up and uh, go to the kitchen and listen to the uh, to the news, uh, read my iPad, <laughs> read on my iPad, um, cup of coffee. And so sometimes I would like sit down like this morning to get breakfast and then I'm thinking, no, uh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I'm, I was going to skip. I was going to do the intermittent fasting thing. So let's not do that. <laughs> and, but once you get over those, and that's more a habit. And, and then I just, for one day I had these kind of hunger pangs where he's like, I, I could eat something right now. Um, but most of the time I'm perfectly fine. Um, so I'm just drinking tea during the day. Uh, nice English tea. Um, so that's another way for me to get uh, through my tea, re my substantial tea reserves. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like a, a hobbit. Um, so much, you know, tea, tea and and you know, second tea and third tea uh, stuff. Um, and that, that seems to work. And then in the evening, I eat a little bit earlier than normal. Um, so I, I start cooking at, what is it, 5.30, and I eat at 6, something like that. And it, it, uh, I'm, not, I'm not at all tempted to eat a lot then. I don't have to worry that much about you know, the portion sizes or anything. But I just eat what I would normally eat, and then I feel perfectly fine. It's interesting. I'm very surprised by the effect, and what what uh, what I've heard about the effect that it has on your mind is definitely something that I've already actually I experience it right now. I feel sharp and alert, and more awake than normal. It's so it's so interesting. So uh, you know, so far it's uh, I like it a lot, and and it has a very practical advantage in that it. Um, it, it gets you out of your routines and out of the habits. And uh, uh, so it creates this very practical sense of this is a different time of year. and I'm, I'm changing things. And, uh, and that has a good effect on uh, in many areas of life. So I'll just kind of look at it from day to day. Uh, kind of gauge like this is going to be a very busy day. I better eat something. Um, and other days where... You know, I'm going to be totally fine with just one meal per day. And, uh, 
and that's it. The only thing uh, that's, that's the only difference with the Ramadan, of course, is that I do drink, and I have a very specific reason to drink a lot these days because I've just uh, had two kidney stone attacks. Uh, one was about a week ago, and the other one was yesterday, and uh, it means that uh, I know that I've known for quite a while that there were two kidney stones in my left kidney. It means that they are now ready to be pushed out. That's what causes these uh, attacks. It's very painful, but you know that's why you need to drink to get to get them out. And uh, and overall, I think drink you know water is important in any situation. Well, that's that's so that's what I'm trying out, and uh, you know. We can always adjust midway, and that would be my advice for Lent in general. It, try to do more than just the prescribed things on on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. See if you can uh, give it some uh, some extra punch this year, but always do it in a measured way. Always uh, evaluate. Uh, is this working for me? Am I overdoing it? Can I do more? Um, and adjust. This is not. There's not one recipe for Lent um, because we're all different, and uh, what what any what someone can do differs from person to person. The only thing that matters is uh, listen, listen to your heart, uh, pray about this, and and see what you can do. And don't forget, it's not just about fasting. It's about prayer also, almsgiving, supporting other people. Um, but those three ingredients usually make a very good mix for, uh, for anyone who wants to uh, make Lent a special time of growth. And with that, I've come to the end of this episode. Um, and before we say goodbye, I want to uh, say another thank you, a heartfelt thank you to all of you that support the work that I do. Uh, both my personal patrons, those of you that support my my two uh, podcasts, The Break and The Walk, um, as well as all my vlogs and everything, um, and those of you that support uh, SQPN and what Tridio does, uh, which is more than what I do, of course, personally. Um, we are wrapping up the winter campaign. We're almost at half the amount that we need for the rest of the year, which is tremendous. We're just a few thousand away, I think, from reaching 25,000. We need 50,000 to finance our regular operations for the rest of the year. So we hope that uh, uh, in the course of this year, we'll be able to find uh, some more sponsors and uh, uh, in order to get to the uh, 100% mark. But it is tremendous what all of you have done to help us reach that goal and to help us continue our work. And uh, and every once in a while, I want to I mention my, my patrons, uh, especially the newer patrons. And I've just discovered that there's this cool app for uh, for Patreon um, that gives you an overview of what happens every month. And uh, also, I want to mention those of you that are have had to modify your um, your support, uh, don't worry about it. I totally understand that financial situations change. And so sometimes people have to 
spent their money in a, in a different way, always try to be wise with your, with your donations and everything. Um, and thank you for, for the support that you have already given. So uh, in January, we have um, Anna Marie and Jonathan that joined the community of Patreons, of patrons on Patreon. Um, then uh, in February, uh, let's see, in February, we had a number of people adjusting their, uh, their pledges and some people couldn't cont continue to be a patron. Um, but there were also people that have upped their, their pledges. And then uh, in March, oh, got to be careful with all the bikes. This is, they're coming down a hill, so they're going very fast. <laughs> it's hard for them to break. Um, let's see. Dennis in, uh, in March joined the patrons. And Richard also became a patron. So welcome to the community. Thank you so much for your support. And I will talk to you soon. New episodes of, uh, of The Break coming up. And also a very cool new way uh, for, uh, for me to create uh, the geeky shows. Um, more news about that very soon on Facebook, on Twitter, and on our website sqpn.com and tridio.com t-r-i-d-e-o.com so keep an eye on that talk to you soon take care god bless